Welcome back to the St Edward's School podcast, the place where we talk to staff, parents and pupils to find out more about life at the school. In this episode, we speak to Stephen McKernan, headmaster of the prep school, and today we're talking farm life at school, which means we're going to hear about how the school farm came about, why it's so good for the children to get involved in it, and what some of the benefits are of an outdoor education. But we're also going to discover what he misses most about the island of Ireland, a place that's close to his heart. So come with me as we step into the prep school at St Edward's. Stephen, thank you for joining us on the St Edward's School podcast. How are you today? Do you know, I'm doing very, very good, very excited today because we had um, chicks hatch this morning. Oh, in nice. The, in the year five classroom. Um, we uh, we put them in there about 21 days ago um, and uh, there was a lot of excitement. The, the eggs were rolling back and forward yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, year five had it as as one of their science um, uh, pieces of work, and then we we did a live stream to all the classes, um, showing showing the hatching live, um, oh, broadcast wow. by teams into all of the classrooms, and so the assembly should last about thirty minutes, but um, it was it was fifty minutes this morning, Simon, because the excitement I'm, I'm t- the children were just hysterical, and it's oh. um, you know uh, so it's a lovely day, the sun's shining here in Cheltenham. Um, it's Friday, so everybody seems to have a smile on their face, etc. <laughs> Everybody's been working very hard this week, and we've just come in off farm club as well with uh, with, with with the children. So but I can talk about that. But it's uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Well, it'd be great to unpack a little bit more about that that farm club life. But uh, first of all, before we get into all of that, and just for the sake of people listening, could you just t- tell us a little bit about your own education? So where you grew up in the world, and maybe what your first job was after you left school. Hopefully the accent tells you I'm I'm from I'm from the north of Ireland, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and of course that that's where that's where I grew up, and um, so I come I come from a, it's a it's it's a rural part of of, uh, of Ireland where I come from, and and my uncles um, had a farm, and and um, so uh, you know I was I was around animals as a as a youngster growing up, particularly in the summer, and um, my first job um, was actually working in a bar. Okay. Um, so I started working in bars, restaurants, and then nightclubs, and then I worked in a in an animal feed store belonging to one of my uncles, and um, mm-hmm. and I did I did some work there, and then my first real job um, as a teacher was actually in the south of England in West Sussex in Worthing, um, a school called Elm Grove, um, little first school, and then I moved from there back to uh, Banbridge in County Down. Uh, then up to County Derry. Um, I then started my own school in Cookstown in Northern Ireland in 2004. So you started um, your own school? I did. Um, wow. From scratch with, 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 ch- with 12 children. And this was a school to educate Catholics and Protestants together. It's known as an integrated school. Um, okay. And there are about 50 of them now in Northern Ireland, but they only, they only educate about 10%. Um, so they're still quite, quite a minority. And, and I was there seven years before coming to the lovely Cheltenham and mm-hmm. to the wonderful St. Edwards 10 years ago, um, where I remember coming here as a candidate and saying to myself, my goodness, it's such a shame that there's no animals here. But um, but yeah, there's just a little bit, little bit of history there. Okay, so then the school farm is that how it came around? Because you noticed that there was an absence of animals. Yes. So we 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 just started with a few chickens, and um, you know, over time, the children, you know, who you could see the interest was there. We were we're on forty five acres of of parkland here. Um, we've got. Um, 
we've got some deer up in the, up in the top field. Um, we've got one of the large largest badger sets in in Gloucestershire, oh, which wow. is obviously which is obviously of significant importance. And mm. um, and it just seemed to you know cry out for for animals. So we started with with uh, with chickens until the children asked me one day, "Do you think we could ever have goats here?" And um, mm. so we then got goats um <laughs> and then we we actually we actually then started a um a, a, we we bred our own goats and and one of our families purchased um two of the little kids and we've got one still here so we've got three golden guernsey with pygmy goats mm-hmm. and then um after that was uh, kind of settling down um then uh, the children would ask me, "Do you think we can have any more animals here?" You know, and so we thought, and we thought about it, and we said, "Wouldn't it be fantastic if we had alpacas here?" Because mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, something different. And I think listeners might be thinking, "Why?" It was just really to, you know, something different, something that we don't normally expect. Mm. And um, and then the wonderful PTA uh, helped us uh, uh, so that we could have alpacas. So we had. Awesome. Uh, three alpacas join here, and and then we've had a, a Korea, which is a baby alpaca. We've had a, our own Korea born here, and um, and hopefully we'll have another Korea next year. That's not to leave out the Indian runner ducks that we have, um, <laughs> uh, the mixed poultry, and our latest our latest arrivals, which have been the New Zealand Mary uh, Kuni Kuni pigs. And awesome. uh, we're not allowed to we're not allowed to have favourites, but they are very special. <laughs> uh, That's fair enough. Um, so. Stephen, tell me how the children get involved in farm life at the school. As you drive into the school and as the, as the children are coming in in the morning, um, as they come to the, the top part of the avenue, the farm is to the left-hand side, so, it's, you know, so the frontage is there, so they're, they're always seeing the animals. Um, they're walking past the animals when they're going to the area where they, where they play, but they also have lessons on the farm which have linkages to the science curriculum. There is also farm club, which is during lunchtime, and uh, that's become a little bit more challenging because of the bubbles arrangements that we've had mm. um, in schools, but, uh, but essentially they're still there. Our wonderful individual learning teacher also takes the opportunity to to do some of the learning, uh, teaching and learning with with his children that have individual needs on the farm, and um, and then as I say, children can request specific lessons. So, for example, if they're learning about habitats, mm-hmm. we do a lesson where we show how uh, alpacas have evolved, and we we talk about their fleece. Of course, uh, their their fleece is then uh, sheared and and we use that in in the school we use that back in in the school and it's available there for art lessons etc mm. um so and obviously when we have some births on the farm uh, the children are involved in that but it's gen- generally learning about animal husbandry we also then uh, if it, if it's appropriate age and stage appropriate if the vet comes to visit um the vet can talk to the children about about what he or she is is doing and of course the children then uh, sell eggs at the end of the school day so there is um so they collect the eggs they get them ready for sale the the egg boxes have got um school branded um labels on there and then as the parents go past there is a there's a there's an honesty table where the mm-hmm. parents um throw in some money and away they go with fresh organic St. Edward's eggs, which are just delicious on a Saturday mm. morning at cooked mm. breakfast. No, they, they, they sound delicious. They really do. Um, so we know that outdoor education is a good thing, but tell me what you feel some of the benefits are at St. Edward's for an outdoor education for children. 
So we have we have forest school here, bushcraft and and the farm. And for me, they encapsulate um, the 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 opportunity that children have to simply experience the outdoors. And when I talk about experience, I'm I'm talking about experiential education here. Um, you know, a great French philosopher talked about, you know, education's what's left over when we've forgotten everything. There is no way, it's not possible to forget the birth of, of kids on the farm, mm. um, you know, the, the, the hatching of eggs, um, when, when a new baby Korea is born. Um, these are things that are kind of unforgettable. So, and, and we do know the science backs up um, the benefits in terms of mental health, um, the benefits in terms of just simply getting out in the fresh air, but applying children realizing that learning, and this is a really important part, mm-hmm. it's challenging that learning can only happen in the classroom and it's introducing children that learning is, is all around us. And there are children who obviously love to move as they learn. So, so that movement, that sense of freedom. And the other thing that, you know, the, the studies that have been done that shows, you know, the focus and attention and behavior changes when children are learning in the outdoors, mm. which is really, really important. And also learning through all elements, you know, very often, perhaps in our culture, children, you know, are maybe not, it's not considered appropriate if, if the weather is inclement, but it's actually developing some resilience um, as well. But generally, it's, it's about, you know, I don't know if you grew up with the Scouts or if any of the listeners mm. grew up that way. But, you know, we, we all remember, and sometimes it's, it is hard to to actually put it into words, mm-hmm. um, what really happens there. But, but you know, children, what do children need today? You know, they, they need resilience. They need some, they need independence. They need confidence to trust in themselves that actually, you know, they can do things on their own. Um, mm-hmm. They don't need to, you know, this helicopter approach doesn't really serve children. Um, and, and of course, the collaborative work that happens in the outdoors, particularly with the farm, with forest schools, the trust that we put into them and also teaching them about risk. Very mm. often we try to wrap children in cotton wool and, and make sure that they won't make mistakes. Whereas mm. learning in the outdoors is all about having a go. You know, I think those are some of the some of the elements. But I, I think, you know, in the future, in the future, there will not be a school in the world that that is not under pressure, if you like, to to increase the amount of outdoor learning um, that they present to their children. And particularly giving them concrete experiences, which is so important and and moving away from abstract textbooks into seeing the valuable, unforgettable learning that happens in the outdoors. Now, we often hear in the news that um, that children are a bit too detached from where their food actually comes from. How do you think having a school farm helps to teach children about the, the realities of, of meat? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, this is a this is a really important subject because very often, you know, as you're alluding to, our children have no idea where the food has come from. Mm-hmm. They have no idea about the um, the care or attention that had gone into those animals. And, and it's about first and foremost, in that part of the, the discussion, we're talking about children realizing that number one, the the care and attention that animals receive is the number one um, mm-hmm. aspect of it. And, and we've had these conversations around the quality of eggs because the children have said, we had the school's eggs and they're a different colour and they taste it different and they taste it better. And so that's an opening into, well, why do you think that was the case? Look, look how much freedom 
the chickens have. You know, they've got access to fresh water. They're not in crowded conditions. Mm-hmm. And it's it's reinforcing um, the care. The, the, the pigs, for example, the area that they have, um, mm-hmm. you know, is the reason why, uh, now I have to say the, the pigs are, are not for meat here just to just to make you mm-hmm. aware that we're mm-hmm. we're not at that stage yet mm-hmm. um but even even if they were it's the same principle applies that um that we are respecting the contribution that these animals make so therefore they deserve care and attention um and that in in terms of the hatching process that we had with the chickens the whole the whole idea that children were surprised that it took 21 days and that is connected to you know it's important that we that they realize that it takes a long time for these chickens to hatch or 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 the amount of work that goes into the actual hatching of an egg as opposed to a a heavily uh, industrialized um, idea of of how animals should be treated Um, and of course you know when when our animals get ill or get sick or the vet has to come out um, we we do talk to the children about that, so they've got a real um, understanding of you know of why that would have been the case, or and and how the vets have have really supported us in this program. But care and attention for the welfare the welfare of the animals, I think that that's going to leave a lasting imprint on these children, and they're less likely to purchase. They're probably they're probably more likely to to purchase less meat, but but have more have it, have it be better quality meat and know that those animals have been well cared for and i think that's that's an important point in terms of sustainability um mm. and mm. and of course that's what we're introducing children to as well and do you think just on that note that it helps to teach the children more about the environment about climate absolutely um the being you know working in the environment and and being in the environment is just going to leave as I say, an imprint that it's going to be very difficult for them to be people that that harm the environment. So I think that you know, into the deeper philosophy of 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 what we're about here, it's recognizing that you know, children are are becoming you know more detached from the environment, more more detached from animals, and actually we need to reintroduce them to the importance of that, and uh, they as future stewards of the environment, um, and making sure that that things are sustainable going forward. So looking at before the farm was actually created, what sort of experience was needed? What skills did you need to bring in order to establish it? <laughs> that's a that's a really good question. Um, the first thing I would say is that if anybody's thinking about um, introducing a farm um, in a school environment, what I would say to them is that, you know, you know, looking looking at the interest and the skills and the space that you have around you, it doesn't have to be the size that 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 we have here. Mm-hmm. And it's more about it's a really good question because it's more about first of all starting off with what skills are here, who, who's got the interest to do it, and and what space is there. Mm. And and I would say that you know what I've done here over the last ten years is is really you know, plant the seed for this, but it then needs to be taken to the next level. And, and, and that means more utilization, um, from, from other staff and, and, and classrooms and, and kind of taking it to a level where we can introduce other schools to the idea and, and share it. But actually sometimes people are put off by this. They say, oh, I, I wouldn't have the skills or I don't, I don't have the knowledge. And what I would say to you is just start small. Um, mm-hmm. think of mostly it's poultry that's most appropriate. You know, to, mm. to to schools, it's the easiest thing. 
Um, and just myself, you know, I, I, one of one of my you know bar graduation when I when I got my certificate to say that you know I had a flock number from from mm. the Department of Agriculture and that, <laughs> and that I was a registered farmer here, mm. you know, and and I would say to you that. You know there there are vets that are very very happy to uh, to support you and and help you. And you'll always find a vet in a, in a school community, mm-hmm. or or at least a friend of them. And but it's a very important question because um, you need to make sure you go into it well well prepared. And and as I say, my personal interest in it was obviously important. But then I found parents and other staff very very willing to help. And and mm. part of that was also going about it in a slow way so that we could skill up the children to be able to help as well. Um, mm. And my mm. own, I have three daughters, and I have to say that they have also been instrumental in, in helping mm. um, on, on the farm, and I can't forget mm. my wife either. So it, it, it is a team effort. Um, it's just not down to one person, but mm. uh, knowing your skills, knowing your limitations is very important in this as well. So what's next for the farm? What other animals could we expect to see? So, so I think that... Um, yeah, the ch- children ask me that all the time. Um, I I think that there is, you know, we've got these two kunikunis here. Um, you know, I would say that that we would have to make sure that we we uh, we would obviously keep those piglets for a while. But then, just like we did with um, the goat breeding program, you need to have identified where they're going to go and the great home that they're going to go to. And usually there are parents willing, willing to do that. So I would say that we would have a, a litter of Cooney Cooney pigs. Um, mm-hmm. And also we would, um, we'd be expanding the numbers of alpacas that we have mm-hmm. and then continuing, uh, continuing with the hatching program. But actually the next development would be um, sharing it with more schools. That's the next development. So inviting mm. inviting schools and particularly nurseries in mm-hmm. because our kindergarten benefits hugely because the children have um, close frontage right right up to, they can actually see the pigs from their kindergarten, which mm. you can imagine. Um, <laughs> but the next development is to share it and to be a school that is uh, very open to helping people um, create this experience for their children, whatever stage they're at. Stephen, it's been great hearing about farm life. I'd love to ask a couple of questions about you in relation to Ireland, actually. What's one of the things you miss most of all about Ireland when you're not there? You know, you'd, you'd expect me to say this, the, the people, um, uh, you know, sometimes people talk about, you know, people are the same wherever you go. But I think, um, you know, it's interesting because uh, I, I am I am heading back to, to, to Ireland after being here for 10 years. And, and one of the first things that um, is on the agenda for for Castle Park School in Docky, where I'm going, is is the creation of a new a new farm. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I would say is that the openness to to that idea, the um, I suppose the respect for um, sustainability, um, mm-hmm. the respect for um, for making sure that you know children are a big big feature in in, in Irish life as well. Mm-hmm. But I suppose community. Um, uh, is 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 something that you know I think and and hospitality um, and also you know probably looking forward to going back to my roots. Uh, I know I know that that makes me sound old, but um, <laughs> uh, you know I think I, th- I think there is probably a yearning there to uh, to you know to be back on on the island of Ireland really. And then thinking for a moment about Irish music, I mean, a lot of people, if you mention about Ireland and music, they might think of you too. What other music acts are there or bands from Ireland which the world should know more about? 
Okay, well, very close to you two. The world needs to know about Inhaler. And Inhaler is actually the son of, of Bono. And you, you need to, if you haven't heard about Inhaler as a group, you need to you need to listen to them. But mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, just going back to where I'm headed to, um, it's very rich in, in music, dance, art and literature. And, and of course, it's... it's um, you know, there's places in Ireland that are, that are you know, people just don't know about, particularly the north coast of Ireland, actually, the, mm. the, the north coast for, for the coastal walks. Um, um, it's just just tremendous. Um, and, you know, I, you know, there's there's things that Ireland are famous for um, uh, and, and we all know those things, in, 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 including the black stuff. But um, <laughs> I would say that Ireland's greatest asset is is and always has been its, its people. Well, look, we need to bring this to a close in a moment. But for anyone who's heard anything and might want to find out more about the school farm, what's the best way for them to get in touch? So if they go on to um, stedwards.co.uk, so that's um, stedwards, but it's actually stedwards.co.uk. Um, and then they can go on to the, if they go to contact, um, they'll be able to send an email to the main office and then they will pass the message on, on to me. Or they can, um, you know, if it's a school leader that wants to um, uh, directly message me on LinkedIn or anything like that or wants to connect the school, uh, they can do that. Um, but the best point of contact would be the, 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 the school website, stedwards.co.uk. Got it. Understood. Well, look, Stephen, thank you so much for your time. It's been great hearing hearing all about farm life at the school. It's been good hearing about Ireland, the rocky road to Dublin and everything else. And uh, we'll be looking up Bono's son's music for sure. But thanks very much for your time. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you, Simon. Thank you very much.